Okay, and we're back in five, four. Wait, you're telling me there's more? <sighs> hey. I thought you were going to say good afternoon, everybody. No, I really want to make it. Ooh, I can't speak today. I wanted to make it awkward because my sister-in-law and her boyfriend were making fun of how awkward our intros are. So I just wanted to be, hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. Hi. This is terrible. This I know, it's great. So... Okay, so <laughs> it's been a while, and we rented or are looking at purchasing, or we are looking at purchasing, so we rented a sound mixer to do everything all at once, and I think already it sounds amazing and it's super fun, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about a year into the two-week quarantine that was and is coronavirus, because... <laughs> It will be a year when this episode releases. Actually, it's a year today as we're recording. It's a year tomorrow that we locked down. Is it? That, no, that, today's the 16th. We we didn't start working from home until the 17th. Oh, yeah. Technically, we left early the 16th. Yeah. I have a timeline that I'm <laughs> going to go through real quick. On March 11th, I have pictures of all these. I don't know why I took pictures, but I'm glad I did. I think you were thinking about the podcast. I, I don't know, but I'm glad I have pictures. <laughs> March 11th, I took a picture of the TV, which is a very old man thing to do. And it was President's, President Trump's um, address about the coronavirus. That was on the 11th. Um, so when the world thought the impact would not be very significant. On the 12th, I made a working from home plan because I think on the 11th, the Batman building in Nashville got its first case or outbreak. And Nashville was being shut down. So I made a plan for us just in case we decided to lock down. On the on the 15th, it was a weekend, we were watching Doomsday Preppers because I felt that was appropriate since the world looked like it was about to end. On the 16th, we came to work and started taking photos and writing down old-timey what do you call them? Remedies to yeah, fight the common... I was going to say life hacks. <laughs> We were writing life hacks from 1830s to it was like, prevent the coronavirus. Yeah. Well, it wasn't that exactly. It was like... Um, it was how to stay healthy. Well, we were already like experiencing the toilet paper shortage. People couldn't find hand sanitizer. List, uh, not Listerine wipes, God. Um, what are they called? Lysol wipes. Yeah. You couldn't find Lysol wipes, so we... Lucianne has these old cookbooks, and that's where we get the majority of the recipes for uh, the Cypress table section of the magazine. And so she got all those together, and I had to type them up. And yeah, we, we posted, we posted blogs. And then I want to go back a day on the 15th, the day before the 16th, obviously. Uh, I took a picture and sent it to our group text uh, mocking the virus. I was wearing my face shield I wear when I do wood turning and I had a box of Clorox wipes with some rubber gloves on saying I'm not afraid of the no virus. Uh, again, we didn't know how serious it was going to be. And then uh, on the 17th, we began working from home. My wife and I started a scrapbook that we were going to do during the quarantine because it was only going to be two weeks. So we're like, we can do a scrap for, scrapbook for two weeks. And at the end of the week, we realized it's going to last longer than two weeks, so we stopped. But we have some little tidbits written, written down, written down. Uh, we 
wrote, we work from home to self-isolate to prevent spread of infection. March 17th, 2020, world infected 198,229 confirmed, 7,965 dead. And that was at the beginning of it. I think now the U.S. is up to, a few, uh, what, 400,000, something like that? I have no clue. I couldn't tell you. It's quite a bit. It became much more serious than we thought. And obviously we are still not in lockdown, but we're still doing social distancing, wearing masks. I mean, we're we're not going places with a lot of people. Like I was supposed to go to a supernatural convention in March of 2020 and it got rescheduled to oops, sorry. Uh it got rescheduled to like August 2020 and then it got rescheduled again till April of this year and the April convention got rescheduled to December like 10th or something. So like a lot of things that we would normally be doing, we're still not doing. Yeah. And, and we, like in a way, even though we're looking back a year later into the pandemic, this is kind of like a time capsule for us too. Yeah. You know? Because so much didn't happen last year. We were supposed to go to Paris or not Paris. We were supposed to go to France. Yeah. We uh, were supposed to go to Normandy, Normandy. Uh, as the magazine right? because then, the Arlington High School Choir was invited to sing... Arlington? I thought it was Rosemark. No. I thought it was Rosemark. No. Arlington High School Choir. Because remember, we did Pave Academy in that February and announced before the pandemic was even It was thing. like nine years ago now. Yeah, it feels like nine years ago. Um, I know my wife and I were looking at going to Seattle like March 20-something. And oh, yeah? we didn't cancel our flights. Like the airline wouldn't let us cancel or reschedule until like the 18th. Because like, no, it's, it's going to be fine. And then... Like it said, the 17th, the world shut down. So they're like, yeah, I, I guess you can reschedule. So let me back up a little myself. Are you still on your timeline? Well, I was going to say when we came back to work, um, for us, we didn't come back to work until we found the picture. I believe it was March 7th. We no, May photo. 7th. May 7th. What did I say, March? Yeah, it was May 7th we came back to work. So our two-week quarantine became a two-month quarantine for us at home or for us here at Cyprus. And... I mean, that came with tons of complications because we had to push back the wedding issue that we were trying to put out, but we didn't have advertisers for it because they were shut down. So we worked. We, we were constantly working on a magazine during the work from home quarantine. First um, magazine, it was March, April came out we, right at the beginning of the pandemic. We only did one while we were in lockdown because we were supposed to be doing we two. We we're, do, were doing the wedding and we were in doing May. May. But we pushed back the wedding issue because to, we we yeah. didn't have stories or... Yeah. No, we had stories because I wrote all the stories. We didn't so. have advertisers. So we worked on... We got all our March, April stories done in February. So like... Um, let me think of some of the ones that were in there. The barn home, the barn that was renovated into a home between Martin and Union City. It was a beautiful house. A beautiful house. That it's was a in, beautiful barn. It was, also, yeah, it was, even before it was a house, it was, it was like gorgeous. a two million dollar barn. Yeah, it was, it was. It was ridiculous. It was wonderful though. It's one of my favorite stories, house stories I've written because it was just so gorgeous. Anyway, I digress. So we interviewed all that and we're able to like have all of that done before we went into the quarantine. So we majorly worked on like wedding stories, and then when we got the wedding stuff done. We're like, I guess March is next. I mean, May is next. 
So we worked on the May issue in quarantine. I think uh, Mr. Bill Norville, the Elvis, the guy that was with uh, Elvis in boot camp, I interviewed him in February. Um, Lucy Ann contacted a bunch of hospitals, and those stories, our first COVID updates, were in that May issue. Um, those are the two major things I can really think of off the top of my head that we worked on in quarantine for the May issue. And then we came back towards the beginning of May, right before, about two weeks before interns started showing up. Because we got the interviews done really early for the interns that year. And it, yeah. was, it was great. And we, did, we didn't know if we were going to do interns, but we managed to keep in a small office, yeah. fairly separated from everybody. We were pretty much six feet apart. And then like in cars, we wore masks and stuff for the most part. Um, we were we were super careful. We were super careful. Um, I feel for, you know, being a small town magazine in West Tennessee, I feel like we did a pretty good job. It was, I'm going back and looking through pictures and stuff we did. And I see a... Uh, as a social or for Instagram, it was a story I made it said, stay home, stay safe. And I was thinking about it last night. I had to go to the grocery store and they still every now and then interrupt the music and have, you know, stay six feet apart and everything. And it was, it was very scary at the beginning hearing that. And even now it's still creepy because I mean, those are important things to do to not spread a virus, but it just sounds like something out of the beginning of an apocalypse. Like oh movie. yeah. Like, stay home, stay covered, stay safe. And then like it cuts to five years later and everyone's a zombie. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, in wall E the, the, Diz, the movie, is it a Pixar movie? I don't know. I saw that when it came out and I hated it and I feel like I need to watch it again. Cause I feel like I would really like it. Okay. I don't know what it was yes. about it that I didn't like as a kid. <laughs> Maybe it's, I, just, well, I wasn't into the environment. I was like, ah, a bunch of hippies, but I feel like I need to watch it again as an adult. I okay, feel like I would appreciate so I'm going to tell you something about Wally. -E. So everybody knows it's about this little robot stuck on Earth that's cleaning up trash, and he goes through these like abandoned supermarkets, but there's still like infomercials playing. Yeah, and it feels like those announcements are a lot like that. Like the buy, I think it was by and large was the major brand in it, and like they want to get all these people into ships that go across the universe or whatever because the earth is uninhabitable because of all the garbage. And um, it just kind of feels like we're getting to that point of that movie. It's just like all these major corporations being like, do the five, which that was a really big thing at first too. The Google, Google did like an infograph with a flashing hand, do the five. What were the five things? It was wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Cover your mouth. Cover your mouth. When you like sneeze or cough, sneeze with, your or elbow. cough with your elbow. Um, I don't remember. I, 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 I know one of them was stay. The last one was stay three feet apart, but it got changed to six feet apart right, right after they made the infograph. There was one more. I don't remember. Don't I, touch I, other people. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was watching a video the other day and it was uh, these guys that work in L.A. and they were riding around and talking to people about the beginning of the virus. And it was the, how much the information about the virus has changed from then to now. Because they're talking about, I mean, none of them had masks on or anything. They were just wearing gloves. They're like, it's not airborne. It's just if you touch something or like that, oh, it's how yeah. you get it. 
So I saw that just, one too. Just how quickly it it changed from what we didn't know to what we know now. Um, I talk, I'm going to talk about what we did during quarantine. I'm going through my phone as we're talking. And uh, we started watching a show. We started watching it before quarantine, but we really got into it during quarantine, uh, Taskmaster. Oh, my uh, gosh. I definitely thought you were going to say another show that starts with a T. <laughs> no. Um, but my uh, we started watching a little bit before quarantine. But during quarantine, they started posting on Twitter um, home task challenges where you, like, you had to do something at home and you could submit it on Twitter and they might air it and someone went to prize or something like that. But uh, my sister-in-law came to stay with us because she was at college at the time and she didn't want to be quarantined by herself. So she came quarantined with us. And I have videos of one of our tasks and it was trying to get something into a wastebasket the most creative way possible. So we were trying to get our dog to volley the paper into the basket and she wouldn't do it. She kept trying to eat the paper, not volley it. So, but it's just funny. I see my quite pregnant wife trying to get our dog to head a piece of paper into a trash, ba- trash bin. Uh, also another thing, it was really good being at home cause she was pregnant. pregnant. And so she was a teacher. She got to work from home. I got to work from home so I could help her out and she could be off her feet. And I mean, it was much easier on her on lockdown uh, being pregnant. I think she got she got a good deal. She got a good deal. Yeah. So we're skipping around quite a bit um, from our from our outline. <laughs> I haven't even looked at it honestly. Yeah. Okay. Nine I can a, tell. Nine a.m. meetings. That was something we did. Well, I wanted to talk about the March thirteenth slash sixteenth thing a little bit more. Okay. What was so that? we're. We were really close to Memphis. Like, me and Scott, we both live less than an hour from downtown. So, like, that is another thing that really affected, like, our quarantine in a way, too. Because, like, I did not leave the house, my parents' house, whatsoever during the quarantine. Like, I think I left just to deliver magazines because we had... Since we were news media, we didn't technically have to work from home, but we did anyway because, one, it was safer, and, two, we didn't need to be in the office. We could do everything from home. So um, one of the things that a lot of businesses that we, you know, do business at, especially in, you know, Tipton County and northern Shelby County, the Millington area, um, a lot of them talk about, Doug calls it like unlucky Doug Ammons, owner of the Shelby Forest General Store. He calls it like Black Friday, not like the good Black Friday after Thanksgiving, but like Friday the 13th Black Friday because they technically had to like. Was it really Friday the 13th? Yes. So the 16th where we left work half a day early. um, The previous Friday was the 13th, obviously, if you can do math. (laughs) I don't think it was the it was. Well, no. When we left work, I think we left on a Thursday or something. I don't think we left. Let me look, see what. No, we left on, it was a Monday half day, the 16th. Oh, okay, okay. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do math. No, I think we came back on like a Thursday or something. Anyway, and Doug, he had to like, he has a one room store. He had to close off his dining room. He's had, um, since he was a gr- considered a grocery store slash restaurant, he could stay open because he had essential items. And if people entered the store, they had to like wash their hands or do hand sanitizer. But that stuck with me quite a bit because 
Memphis businesses, a lot of them did start closing down on that Friday the 13th. And I guess we knew we would have to do that too, especially at that point in our office. Yeah. Have to work from home from that point, even though we were news media. Because one, like I said, we did not have to be in the office. We could do everything at home. We all have okay internet connections. <clears throat> internet connections. Yeah, I'm not even gonna... I'm ready for the new internet provider, but whatever. Um, so, like, we knew that what was going to happen. And it was scary because, like, you're stuck at home. My parents both still had to go to work. They're over the age of 50. And it's my dad had has had a stroke in the past. They both have diabetes. They're considered high risk. And, like... My mom works for lawyers, and they they didn't really change their day-to-day operation until, like, a lot later. Scott and I had already been in the office, back in the office for, like, three months by the time they really made major changes to their office. Yeah. And not to, like, disparage them or anything, because that is a great work environment. My mom loves working there. They are great bosses. I've met her coworkers. Everybody that works there is happy to work there. It's It really is a great office. And I think it's hit different communities at different times, too. Like Yeah, like being in a small town, we watched it go from Nashville having an outbreak in the yeah. Batman building into Nashville shutting down to Memphis getting its first few cases and the Memphis shutting down. And then the way it works out here is the smaller towns look to Memphis to see what is happening. Yeah. So because then, everything matriculates to Memphis. A lot of the people that live in Tipton County work in Memphis, work in Memphis. So like, so it was a domino effect yeah, of yeah. going from Nashville to Memphis, from Memphis to a Millington and Atoka and Covington and just everything just dominoed. I gotta say, um, our County mayor Huffman, is it, is it Huffman? Who's our County mayor? I don't know the County mayor. I think it is who if I think that's his name. He honestly did a really good job of keeping up with the news and like making sure the mayors followed his lead on what was going on. Like, do I feel like we should still have a mask mandate in place? Yes. I feel like everywhere still should because we're not out of the woods yet. Not everybody's vaccinated. We're at the peak of, you know, infections again. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I know we don't have any major uh, Easter. Easter's coming up yeah. in like two weeks. But I mean, for the way it is, this part, I mean, West Tennessee is doing fairly well with numbers. We've never really had a big spike. And when we did, it was the prisons that had the spikes. It wasn't really. Yeah. And that was towards the summer, spring. It was, like or the, it was early on. It was on. early on. And the prisons had a couple outbreaks. Our numbers looked bad when really we didn't do that bad we had a really bad outbreak between thanksgiving and christmas and then again right after christmas yeah it was all the travel and getting together we didn't i haven't seen my extended family like i saw them once my cousin started a new business um because she lost her job right before covid because she worked in restaurant industry i mean she's a chef and then she started a new business during covid which is like kind of gourmet swanky Mm-hmm. Uh, to go or she'll deliver it to you it meals. Amazing. Um, Fultz Pantry, if anyone wants to order, you can look her up online. But uh, yeah, so I saw them then. We didn't bring our son. So some of our family haven't even met my son yet. Um, but I haven't seen them 
at all this year. It's it's the same way with Conway. Conway, so Con, my youngest nephew, he just turned a year old, was born February 20th. And it I was in Nashville that day with my total leadership class. And so there was some talk about COVID. None of us were wearing masks. It wasn't even a thing yet. We were talking about it. Like, was, oh, this is going to suck if it gets to us. Yes, yeah. that exactly that. Like, our government officials in the state of Tennessee were talking about it, but we're not worried. And I think, I mean, honestly, hindsight is has is a major factor in this. Like, you you don't know. Yeah. And you can't know until it actually happens. And I, I could we have done better in hindsight? Yes. Do I think we did the best we could? As we were doing it, also, yes. Like, I, there are some things I still don't approve of. But anyway, I was in Nashville. Nephew's been born. His, on his mom's side, her cousins and stuff have not met him. And I, I feel for that. I am, you take care of family. Like, I'm, that is a major thing in my life. Like, family takes care of family. I, I feel very passionate about that. If you have a family member that's sick, you need to do everything you can in your power to make sure, I mean, if you're obviously on good terms with them, make sure you do everything in your power to help take care of them because you are your own community. You know, you reap what you sow. When you're in a bad spot, you'd hope that they do the same thing. Anyway, and so, like, I really feel for my sister-in-law that, you know, her side of the family hasn't really got to see her sons in a year now. And it's it's just heartbreaking. So I feel for Scott, too, and Allison, Allison's dad hasn't met yeah, Jamie. The, her parents are in Italy. Her mom was lucky enough to be able to quarantine when she got here. So she flew over and stayed with her brother in um, Chattanooga for two weeks and then came and stayed with us. So she had quarantined and then she didn't go anywhere when she was with us. And that was when Jamie was born. So she was able to help take care of Jamie when he was born, let Allison recover um, and then fly back. But Allison's dad never had the chance to quarantine Um I, don't, I think they're looking at coming in May because they've both been vaccinated now. They both have their American passports so they can leave Italy and come here. So I think they're looking at coming over the summer, which I know he's very excited about because yeah. he, has, he hasn't got to meet him yet. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you guys Skype and stuff. Yeah, we Skype. We, we've, we FaceTime and whatnot and they get to see him and Jamie loves it. Oh, but, uh, that's so precious. So let's get on to... Nine o'clock meetings? We haven't talked about that. Yeah. Okay. So we had, it was supposed to be every day. It started out every day. Ended up. Pretty much was every day except for the last like two weeks. Yeah. It slowly became less and less. And then it was nine o'clock. And it's like, is everybody up? No. It's like, all right, 915, 915, 10 more minutes. So we we had meetings every morning. It started out pretty well. Um, Well, I mean, it was also me, you other two, three employees and Lucianne. Yeah. And it also like, I feel like that was our interaction with the outside world was, yeah, was we did Google Hangouts with each other. That was, that was our main, that, that was it. I would take the dog for a walk every now and then or every day and see one of our neighbors that also did the same thing. We'd talk to her and then we talked to you guys. And that was, that was our interactions with the outside world. So mine was nothing like that. I, was still living at my parents' house. Um, they had a porch. I borrowed a camping chair from my aunt and uncle who are next door neighbors. It was no contact. I just went in the garage and grabbed it. 
and I would try and sit outside for at least an hour a day, maybe do some work. And that was, I saw my parents. I saw Scott and Lucianne on video call. I talked to my aunt and grandfather over the phone. That's it. I, I was going through the photos. I did see we went to Randolph while we were in quarantine. Me That's and you. right. We did meet up one time. We met up and went we to did. Randolph. So one of the major stories that I worked on was the memory series Randolph edition. It was a trilogy of um, just a story, a long, long history of a town called Randolph, about 20 minutes from my parents' property. Um, and so we went to the site of where the town was. It no longer exists. It's a unincorporated community that has a hope. <laughs> Pretty much. That's it. Just, you know, people are living there. There's about five houses where and where Randolph was is kind of on the banks of the Mississippi in a flood zone. So that's, that's about it. And we did a drone flight over this like valley behind the Randolph, like quote unquote visitor center. It's like an A-frame that does, it's not really a visitor center. I was honestly worried it was going to get shot out of the air. <laughs> I know the people around there. Yeah, that's what I don't like, I don't want to call them like, they're out in the country. They appreciate their privacy, and I oh, get yeah. that. And I just imagine someone going, "Why them wh bees so close to here? <laughs> Who's that flying <laughs> over to my house? Bang, bang, bang!" But no, I did get some looks. There was some guy on his front porch staring at me. Oh, that's Mr. Don. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually do the do know the guy that was yeah. So I haven't seen him to talk to him about that yet either, but um, it's fine. I he, know him. He didn't wife. shoot it, so I'm, no, I'm he's, good. He's a good man. He's a good man. He's a pastor, actually, so it's it's perfectly fine. <laughs> so, and then we went to a couple of graveyards to try and find some Civil War graves. Uh, we went to the Randolph Historic Cemetery, took some pictures out that way. We went to my family cemetery in Quito. Um, it's... I say family cemetery. It's the Quito Fellowship Church Cemetery. And um, a lot of my family's buried there. And then we tried to find the Yellow Fever Cemetery in the neighborhood behind my house and our property. And I kept passing it. And it, I didn't realize until the next day that I knew exactly where it was. And I ended up going to it and finding it. It was, I forgot it was kind of in a person's yard. It's so funny, like growing up in Memphis and they have the... Uh during Halloween, they have the big corn maze uh, out of the Agri Center every year. Mm -hmm. And they have a commercial that uh, talks about the yellow fever and how you know, it was so bad in Memphis. And apparently this corn maze is on top of one of the biggest yellow fever burial grounds At the Agri Center? in the Mid-South. It's not true. Oh. But they're trying to make it scary and haunted and whatnot. And you, I just never really thought about the yellow fever being in Memphis being true. But I mean, it's it, everywhere. Um so one of the um, only reason I know so anything about the yellow fever epidemic pandemic, I guess, in Memphis is because the um, I guess she was an abolitionist. I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Ida B. Wells was um, a major um, civil rights leader out of Memphis, and she uh, lost both of her parents to yellow fever. And I ended up having to do an essay on her uh, in college. And so that's the only reason, like between knowing about that cemetery behind our house and, um, I'd be wells. That's, that's the end of my knowledge. So I don't know anything about it. All right. 
Um, uh, last thing really is that it messed up our trying to sell the magazines. We uh, were going to go into, we talked about this a little bit before. Um, we were really excited. We? <laughs> we did. When we got back from lockdown, we talked about it a little bit. Um, but we were going to start trying to sell the magazines um, and we had started selling them. We started going to subscription only and only putting out. In February of 2020. And we started putting out just a little bit out in general circulation, trying to really push subscriptions and everything. And like I said, we did we did February, we did March, and then we just realized. I mean, we, we didn't in March, really. We, yeah, we, we, made, we did it in February. And by the time that March came out. We realized it wasn't going to happen this it year. It wasn't a viable option in a pandemic i'm not saying it's never gonna happen but but we we decided you know as long as covid is a thing we're gonna be the bright spot in west tennessee we're gonna continue to be free and bring i don't want to say hope that's what lucian wanted something good and all this bad bad so she's like we'll just push it off we'll do it later so i mean because like we've all lost somebody too during this pandemic um, there are people we haven't been able to contact. There are people we have contacted and we've had interviews with and they're, they're gone now. Um, I think the major person that I'm thinking about right now is Clark Shaw, the CEO of the Casey, Casey Jones Village in Jackson. Yeah, we went and hung out with him and talked to him the week before. No, two he, weeks before. So... We went and interviewed him and talked we went to him. We interviewed him. He went on vacation. He went on vacation to um, Gatlinburg. Gatlinburg. He came back two weeks, got diagnosed, and then another week later, it was about three weeks, and he was he was gone. And that was before we even got the interview and story that we went and interviewed him for published in the magazine because we interviewed him at the beginning of that month. Pretty much at the by the beginning of the next month, he was gone. Yeah, and that's I, I want to talk about. Clark, for just a second, I only met the man twice, but both times when he talks to you, he treats you like he's known you for a very long time. He was very welcoming. He treated all of his customers that way that I saw. He had completely great interactions with everybody. Uh, Like I said, I only met him twice, and he was a very, very kind, very welcoming man. I loved Clark. It It was great getting to see him around Casey Jones Village, getting a tour with him. I just, I really feel for Miss Juanita, Elizabeth, Brooks, and Brooks' family. And it's just, it's it's really hard. It's hard for me as a person that just knows him through a working relationship. I can't imagine how his family's feeling. But I will continue to pray for them. And I hope that y'all send good vibes and pray for them too. Because it's just, everybody's lost somebody. And it, it all hits us different. And this pandemic is really really taken a lot out of some of us and i know at this point everyone's just i'm i'm ready for it to be over i know everybody else is too um it's been a year and it's getting more tiresome because it does look like there's an end in sight vaccines are coming out people are getting vaccinated it still is going to take time for things to go back to normal but it's just it's so close and so far at the same time and it's just i'm everybody's ready for it to be over so when we got to the point where we realized we're not going to be able to sell the magazines in 2020, uh, Lucian worked really hard to make sure we had new, not new, we made sure we could work with um, 
different businesses that had heard of the magazine to make sure it got out to more people so we could be the bright spot in West Tennessee. For instance, uh, there were new grocery stores that it got to be put in or more grocery stores in the same chain or whatever. Uh, And magazines were put into go bags of restaurants too. Um, And that was really cool because, you know, we're really proud of this magazine. We enjoy working for Lucy Ann and the Schaffner family. We're proud of the brand Cypress Magazine is. Yeah, I, yeah, seeing it grow as much as it has is definitely exciting because when I applied, I didn't know there was a magazine and it was only, what, three months old when I started, something like that. Yeah, you started, they started in, on like July 1st or August 1st of 2017. Yeah, and I started in November. And then I started the following May. I'll be here three years this May. So we've been here basically the entirety of this magazine and seeing it grow to what it is is super exciting so i mean thanks to everyone for supporting and our advertisers were amazing when we came back to work oh because gosh. as soon as we came back to work they were going back to work and they wanted people to come to their store so they advertised with us because they knew people would see the magazine and people would see their ads so i mean without the advertisers we wouldn't have no, made it no we wouldn't have and it's it's just fantastic to see the community supporting each other and itself it's it's really great. Just y'all remember shop local because these businesses are all small businesses and they need it. Just like us. We need it. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe. Subscribe. All right. We're going to end it there. We're not going to talk about what we've been up to because we've mumbled a lot. But <laughs> podcast is back. We're going to try and do two episodes today and get them hey. out. So that way we're caught up and have a release date on Tuesday. If we don't keep that up, oh, well. We're going to put podcasts out as we can, but we're going to try and knock out as many as we can while we have this awesome machine. Oi. Um, whatever you're listening to us on, leave us a review, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're talking about possibly starting an Instagram for the podcast itself. If we do, you'll know because you'll see it. <laughs> and that being said... We might as well just do it. We should because I we can post some pictures from our quarantine. Yeah, that would be kind of nice. All right. So Instagram coming soon. Yeah, I think I'm going to work on it right now. All right. And that is that. Goodbye. Bye.